Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. That's what I like to hear, for this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you all week? Ah, we started off the week taking the Monday morning blues with the due time crew as we talk about the shortage everywhere. There's a shortage of school teachers, there's a shortage of bus drivers, and now we're talking about the shortage in the Washington uh, over in Wisconsin prison. Yes, there is a serious lockdown situation over in Wisconsin because there are no correction officers. It's gotten so bad where they had to substitute correction officers with nurses and the food pantry people and the janitors. Yes, this is who is taking care of your prisoners. Excuse me. And they found that other facilities the prison houses have had the same problem. So, you know, we got to talking, and, uh, you know, we were thinking that, you know, what is the problem? We started to figure out what was the problem with, you know, such shortages. And one of the things was, you know, people said, well, you know, people don't want to work and so forth and so on. And, you know, it's not necessarily that, but, you know, some people just, be micromanaged, and, you know, what are you going to do? People don't want to go on the job anymore. They don't want to punch the clock anymore. And, you know, well, becoming a social influencer was one of the options that we talked about, you know, where people can actually, you know, pick up another job. You ain't got to worry about, you know, there being, you know, somebody micromanaging them or, you know, punching the clock and things like that. And, it became a really good conversation, you know, to the point where we found out that you can make five, six figures 
with being a social media influencer. Well, not only that, but we ended up getting, you know, a little bit of advice, you know, as to how to spend your pennies, as to, you know, how to invest your money, um, how to make your money work for you. It was, a, it was an amazing conversation, an amazing conversation. So, you know, we can, here over, uh, or in the due time, you can always find a way to talk about some stuff, and you'll never know where this conversation is going to end up. Well, go back and listen to Monday's conversation, because I promise you, it was pretty good. Uh, you know how this block talk want to do me. Uh, I finish with you. Well, I'm back. I'm back. Heart beginning. Well, we were talking about our switch tip for Monday. And our switch tip for Monday, shift your focus. Now, Shantice gave us quite a nice uh, nice tip for the week. And I have to tell you, you know, it really gave us um, an opportunity to think, you know, shift your focus. You know, funny, it always ends up kind of falling in line with our conversation for the morning. And like I said, you know, we're talking about, you know, different reasons why people don't want to work. You know, just allowing God to reinvent you. And I, I got to tell you something, you know, it's, uh, I just had a conversation with someone yesterday and an older person, you know, I don't talk to them, but, you know, older person. And I have to tell you, God is really calling on us to shift our focus. We're waiting too late for that to happen. And what's happening is we have gotten so ingrained in the things that we're doing on a regular basis, that when it's time to shift gear, we don't know how to do it. Because all the time that we should have been taking to get it done, we haven't been getting it done. So, listen, shift your focus right now. Now, Tisha's bringing a different, you know, point of view. You know, when things are not going right, when things are not on a godly level, when things are not you know, when you're working on something and you just don't see it, see it working out. You know, maybe it's not what God wants for you. Maybe it's not what, you know, God's will is for you. And you really need to shift that focus. So, you know, here we go with another angle on shifting your focus. Well, I say go back and listen. That's her initial point that she was making an excellent switch tip, as always. And, you know, shift, the fo- shift your focus and you can get a whole lot 
out of that one switch tip. Okay? All right. Well, we rolled around to Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. And oh, my, 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 what a conversation as we talked about quite a few things. And the fact that, you know, the Catholic school ended up firing a teacher for having premarital sex and getting pregnant. Yeah, they said there was a breach of contract when she signed back in 2011. She agreed that she would live by the Catholic moral code. And by her later coming up, four years later, she comes up with the fact that she's had premarital sex, she's going to have a baby. They terminated her employment, and the New Jersey Supreme Court actually upheld that. So it again, the pastors, John T. We had a wonderful uh, conversation on Tuesday about you know that as well as a couple of other crazy church folk issues. So you know what, church folk day still seems to be the most popular day. Well, that's because we talk about us. What else? <laughs> and boy, oh boy, oh boy, leave it to Pastor Jeff and Pastor KL and Pastor Charlotte. They give the best story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Well, we rolled around to Wow Wednesday, and our girlfriend Vivian gave us our socially conscious segment. And talking about shortages, well, out in Philly, the shortage of bus drivers are it's just so bad that they are offering the parents it's that the parents three hundred dollars a month if they are willing to transport their child or children to and from school. Yeah, to take the weight off of the bus drivers or the bus driver expectation. And if you're only going to take your child to school one way, they are offering $150 a month. Now, this can amount to $3,000 or $1,500 a year. Yeah. So, uh, mm, might be something you want to look into. Might be something you want to look into. But don't quit your job. And, you know, because, you know, you know, you never know what people do these days. Well, the lady also talked about some habits that are destroying your walk with God. And number one on the list is laziness. Yeah, you know how it gets. You know how it gets. You know how you get lazy. And it will definitely interrupt your flow. You know, the things that God needs you to do, but you're too busy doing some other things. You you could be lazy and not get up out your bed. You could be lazy for the things of God. You could be lazy for anything more. It doesn't matter. Laziness, laziness, laziness was at the top of the list. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, there were some other things that the ladies talked about that helped to destroy habits, which means that those are things you can get rid of. Might not be the easiest thing, but get rid of those habits and you will not destroy your walk with God. Well, we then ended up at Therapeutic Thursday. Woo! We had a little twist. We had a little dear Abby 
twist and, and what we would advise as Christian people to do or not to do in certain situations. And there was a husband who had had an affair a couple of years ago. And, you know, the wife got through it. You know, their marriage still kind of going on. Baby, you know, was on the way at the time. And now baby is here. Husband has, you know, been okay, has not posted. You know, the family wiped out on social media. But came to her with a very interesting uh, request. And the request was the mistress. Yes, the, you hear me right. The same woman he had had the affair with, he wanted to know if it was okay to post on social media his feelings and condolences because the mistress suddenly died. Yeah, he actually took that little wife. Yeah, well, what we do? Yeah, now all she could reflect on was how long. You never talked about us or posted us on social media, but yet you want to post about this shit who you were with? Man, talk about stirring up some problems. Come on, y'all. Do better. Do better. Do better. Well, that was just one of the dilemmas that uh, people had written in about. And go back. Because, boy, oh, boy, that wasn't the only dilemma. Go back. You will be quite and then you can kind of think of what you would have told a person to do or not to do. And, uh, you know, make it happen. Make it happen. Pick your moral, you know, kaleidoscope, I want to call it. Yeah, pick your moral compass and see if you would have said the right thing. Okay? Well, today is Freestyle Friday, and we get to do whatever it is we want to do in this pouring rain over here in New York City. I don't know what it's doing where you are, but it is pouring, and we about to have some Friday fun. Do I have some conversations to be had? Oh, yeah, and I am now gearing up and ready to go, so go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's the time, and uh, on, it's the time with Pastor Jeff is on, and whatever you do, don't go anywhere, because we will be right back. It's the most natural and healthy option for you and your baby. Breastfeeding offers benefits for both mother and child that simply cannot be found through other means. Through the Better Beginnings Breastfeeding Program, we provide breastfeeding education and experience to new and expecting mothers with a wide array of services including classes, instructional materials, a breast pump loaner program, and even the Mothers of Milk support group. To learn more about the benefits of breastfeeding and the services we offer at the Pitt County Health Department, just call 902-2382 or visit pittcountync.gov slash health.
morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Tea Time with Ashley Steph. And it is Freestyle Friday. We made it, y'all. By the grace of God, we have made it safely through uh, another week, you know. And I'm so happy to have you on with us today. And uh, I have my who knew. But I'm going to, because of the content, I'm going to push it to the end and it's going to become our topic for today. So you know how we do on Friday. We have some fun. So feel free to join me. Ah, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm serious. It's Friday and I'm so happy to have you with me and we're going to go into this weekend together with some fun and you know, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you today. And let's get to talking. Well, you know how we do. On Friday, as I come up with uh, some kind of article or something, and I read you what the world is saying. Well, today we're talking about some unexpected stories. Why people had to dump their childhood friends when they were adults. You know, and, and you know, for some people that's pretty traumatizing because, you know, as my mother used to tell us, you ain't got no bunny black friends and you know, so I would expect, you know, my childhood friends to kinda of ride it out with me. You know, and you know, those are the people that you can trust. Well, not everybody. So feel free, you know how to hit me up and uh let me know if you had some Shocking situation and why you had to dump a childhood friend. Well, let's see. One says, she was supposed to be my transport, using my car, after surgery. As soon as I got into surgery, she took off with my car, all my clothes, and my purse, and took off. My sister was my emergency contact. She was at work at the time and had to come to get me. The staff gave me scrubs to wear home. I wasn't able to fill any of my prescriptions because I had no ID or insurance cards. It took me two days to get my car and possessions back. And somehow, she blamed me for all of this. Wow. Wow. Mm. All right, so listen. Let me invite you again. just interrupting my flow. You know, I don't even know if you heard all my stories. So somebody let me know if you heard my first story as to why they had to take this uh, childhood friend to the curb. All right. All right. So like I said, I don't know if you heard. If you have a story, 
Um, okay, thanks. I know I'm back on now. Did you hear my story about the first person who had to kick her, um, her friend to the curb, her childhood friend to the curb? Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You heard that story. Wonderful. So feel free to send me your stories because I would really like to know what's going on with you or what has happened with you. Let's see what else is going on. All right. As soon as she started dating the guy she eventually married, she third-willed me. I don't roll with that, so I bowed out. The more I thought about our relationship, the more I realized she always treated me like I wasn't quite her equal. All right, well, that's another reason why somebody had to get rid of their childhood best friend. Let's see what else we got here. We became friends in seventh grade, and she stayed supposed best friends until we were 25. She was pretty narcissistic and was hiding a lot of things from me, but told those same things to, like, every other friend we had. My breaking point was when she didn't attend my dad's funeral that she'd known for the last 14 years. You know, it's funny that this should come up. You know, I, I have a theory. I have a theory that says who, whoever is at the party is supposed to be at the party. And the party can be, you fill in the blank. It could be any particular event. It doesn't have to be a party party, but you get my point. So I remember when my mother passed away, you know, um, you know, certain people that you thought would come, um, didn't come. And it just didn't bother me. It really didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. Um, but my sister was very offended when someone who was supposedly really close to my mother didn't show up. And she was really kind of annoyed by it. So I'm going to ask you, as I'm reading this, if you do not have a story to tell me um, or us, in regards to having to drop a friend, um, you know, after being friends for forever, tell me if there is, you know, something that you would have been upset about or you had, maybe it did happen to you where somebody didn't show up for your parents' funeral. Or would you be upset if so-and-so didn't show up on your parents' funeral, and I'll let you know one of the particular excuses that we got, and uh, you let me know. You let me know, okay? All right. That might be a little sooner than we think because these stories are pretty long, okay? She made me feel horrible about myself all the time, and being with her was exhausting. Growing up, she always had a reputation for being a mean girl, but we were in a lot of the same activities, and she was fiercely loyal to me and my family. But she was mean, had a bad attitude, gossip, and always had something negative to say. As we got older, she never grew out of it. I'm glad I cut the cord. And, you know, I have to honestly say, a lot of times the things that we accept as, you know, kids or younger, you know, young adults or whatever, as we get older, we look back and we're like, wait a minute, 
they always been like this and I tolerate that? Yo, it's time to just leave you alone. I have, that I have seen happen. Do you even know if that's happened to you as well? Okay? It, it also falls into this particular uh, conversation we're having now. I ended my friendship with my lifelong friend last year. They were spiraling out of control quickly, and it was pretty rough. They still live at home, don't have a job, and don't do anything to actively try to better their own life. They spent months blaming me for all of their problems, and they would get verbally abusive at times. They accused me of very delusional things that had zero basis in reality. It came to a head when they threatened to kill me. They've got nothing to lose, which is a terrifying thing. Wow. Wow. I think it's time to send it out to somebody's threatening to kill you. Yeah, yeah, I ended a lifelong friendship from childhood when my best friend of 47 years told me that my daughter, who is a professor at a large university, faked her credentials and slept her way to the top. Whoa. This is after my daughter worked her way through college, got two master's degrees, and won countless awards. It was heart-wrenching to think someone I have known for so long would not be proud of all the accomplishments my daughter achieved. Wow. That would be enough to my time. She got so heavy into conspiracy that every time we spoke, it was about how I was going to die from COVID, from the COVID vaccine. On top of being a flat earther, she was a born-again Christian and got mad when I told her I didn't want to talk about you. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, a lot of times, you know, you can't talk about God. But that doesn't kind of surprise me, um, you know. That'll stop a whole lot of conversations from happening. And I guess at that point, you've got to make up your mind as to, you know, if you're going to, you know, in, 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 in conjunction with some other stuff, not just because they don't want to talk about you. But, you know, you got to make that hard decision sometimes. All right, it looks like i got a submission. Let's see. This, the last story is mine. Me, friend from the younger they carried to adulthood, had to cut ties from all the negativity. Wow. Yeah. Tell you, it, it happens. It happens. You really got to cut your ties, sever your ties um, from people sometimes because you just, you can't carry that into adulthood. You can't. It just doesn't have the same look. It doesn't have the same look when you're grown, I have to tell you. So I asked the question, you know, if there was anyone who you really was offended by who did not show up to your parents' funeral, or would it just roll off your back? Well, for me, it did. It did. There were a couple of people that I thought would have been there, but who, you know, who was not there, and I didn't take offense to it, didn't bother me much, um... You know, if you showed up, you showed up, and I thank you. And if you didn't, oh, well, you know, what are you going to do? Well, my sister was very upset because someone who was supposedly very close to my mother said that they had to go to work. (laughs) 
And we know this person is not starving for money. And he was like, I'm done, stuff. I'm done. You know, that was your best. That was your best excuse that you had to go to work. And she was like, I'm done. I don't, I don't have anything else to say. I hope this person doesn't reach out to me anymore because, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. You know, Ma, you know, a.k.a. Ernie, you know, Ma, that was supposed to be her friend and, and years ago and how you talk about you couldn't come because you had to go to work. And I, I actually happened to agree with her. Um, it's just not that I disagree. My thing was, really? I was assuming you said you didn't want to come. <laughs> you know, but what are you going to do? You know, it was a lame excuse in my opinion. Um, you go to work every day. And you surely, you know, we did give everybody a week. Um, we made the arrangements. Um, the week. It was that Thursday, my mother passed away. Tuesday, we were at the funeral home on Thursday. And we had the funeral the following Thursday. Um, so everybody had a week. And this person's been on their job for quite quite a while, so there would not have been any issue with the person taking off work. We know so. Um, and like I said, she had a valid point. You know, the points she made, you know, was valid. And I, I happen to agree with her, but I just didn't feel like, yo, I ain't got nothing else to say that on him. You know, I, I just didn't. And, you know, some people take things differently. And was it an insult? You know, yeah, it was an insult. But, again, how you take it, and I'm not mad at her or, or feel that you know, she shouldn't have felt that way. You know, that's, she took it the way she took it, and I took it the way I took it. And we took it the same way. And, you know, it's, it's, I, I always look at my sister and I. We're two different people. However, we are both the same. In actuality, we're a lot alike. We're just, you just gonna, we're going to end up at the same place. You're just going to get there very differently. I'm going to give you 900 chances. She ain't giving you one. Ah, or that one chance you had. You destroy it, you're done. And that's what happened here. So, you know, so as you talk about, you know, like dropping a person after so many years, yeah, that was her. That was her thing. She doesn't have anything else to do with the person. And she has it. And she has it. So, you know, my theory is what you going to do? What you going to do? You all right? Well, I had to um, I got some, you know, good news. I got some good news. When I say good news, I mean juicy news. Before I go any further, let me go back to um, today is the last day you can make a claim in the Facebook claim settlement. You can be a part of the $725 million settlement. Today is the last day at 1159 and pretty much what happened was there were some people who um, uh, accused the parent company of Facebook of breaching privacy um, and, you know, for their users. 
and they didn't admit that they did anything wrong. They said that they don't think they did anything wrong. They don't feel they did anything wrong. However, they did set up a $725 million settlement, and that's for any Facebook user between May 24th of 2007 and December 22nd, 2022. And today, Friday 25th at 11.59 is the last time you can submit your claim. It is a class action suit. And it does not cost you anything to throw your name into the hat. You just have to go on to the site and fill out a couple of questions. They're non-invasive. There's your basic address, your name, your phone number. Um, what else? Um, the the, the uh, username that you used during that period of time, remember May 24th of 2007 to December 22nd, 2022. You do, know, you do not have to belong to Facebook anymore, but as long as you used Facebook during that time, any username that you had, as many as you had during that time, and the email address that was linked to that Facebook page, and they asked you for a method in which you can get your money back, and they, you can get it back on the credit card, you can put it in your bank account um, by giving them the routing of the bank number, you can get it via PayPal. You can get it via Zelle. Um, I opted for Zelle because it's less invasive. Um, all I have to do is give either my email address or my phone number. That's attached to it. You know, some people might think that it's a, a scam. You know, my thing is all the information that they're asking you for is information that's out there in the world anyway. Your name, your address, and your phone number. It's out there. So um, they wouldn't be breaking no privacy getting that information for Stephanie. I've seen it out there, so if they wanted it, they could have gotten it anyway. And like I said, there's no information that they receive is something that you can't get. If you can't pull out of my bank account, you can only put into my bank account. So if you want a piece of the pie, I mean, it could only be five cents, but I want my five cents if it's coming to me. Um, feel free to go to my Facebook page, Coach for Christian Life. I have I posted it on Tuesday. And you can just pull up the website. Um, Shantice found it by typing in um, Facebook claim website. All right? So go ahead and feel free to jump on that. All right? All right. What are we talking about today? Oh, now, this year, I remember my mother telling me that back in the 60s or the 50s, this happened to, you know, someone that, and she was on the bus when something like this happened. Well, a listener submitted a story of a young girl. I believe she's 13, she was 13 years old. Uh, she was um, riding the bus, and she stuck her head out the bus wave to some friends and as the bus driver suddenly swerved to avoid some traffic um, incident it, it collided, her head collided with the pole 
and pretty much severing um, her head. And my mother told me the story, like I said, years ago. And she said that, you know, it, it took his head off. Um, it hit a tree. Well, this particular girl, she was 13. Um, by the time they got um, her, you know, got to her, she was already, you know, dead, unfortunately. Um, the bus driver, um, you know, called the authorities right away after the kids on the bus told him about what had happened. And, you know, like I said, by the time he called the authorities, she was already gone. So please, you know, as a word of advice, you know, please don't do this. Please don't do this. Um, it can be a very dangerous um, out. It's very dangerous and it can have a very bad outcome. All right? So thank you for that submission of that story. What else are we talking about today? Well, Ava Kelly has been on our radar, you know, in the past regarding uh, his indiscretions and how they have jailed him and sentenced him and so forth and so on. Well, they're telling us now, and they kind of threatened that this would happen. Well, they are following through. So what they're saying is Universal Music Group has been holding money from his royalties uh, ever since he was locked up. Yeah, they've been on ever since he was locked up, ever since he was locked up, and that's been a few years now. And it has um, accumulated to a little over $520,000. And they targeted, the, the federal prosecutors targeted um, UMG and Sony for the garnishment because when he was sentenced, he was also fined $500,000 that would go to his victim. And they, they targeted the other two groups, but they um, ended up getting it from Universal. So Sony was kind of let off the hook from having to submit any of the money because by the time Universal held the money, it ended up being 567444 enough to cover the entire debt. Um, but here's the thing, you know, that was covered. He has a lawsuit from one of his victims for $4 million. She was, the judge awarded her $4 million. So that's five hundred. There's only a drop in the bucket. They say not only that, but his landlord of the music studio in Chicago is seeking $3.5 million in unpaid rent. And R. Kelly was fined $42,000 after he was convicted in Chicago of enticing minors for sex and child pornography. And I have to tell you, if Andrea has anything to say about this, she probably went after him for any child support 
that she felt she did not get for the kids, you know, when they were minors. You know, they've been adults for a couple of minutes now, so this couldn't have gone back but so far. But who knows? You know, that was a marriage. So she can claim from quite a while ago whether she was getting money or not, and I know that that was an issue because that was public. The kids talked about it, especially the daughter, talked about the fact that he was a deadbeat dad, all the money he was making, he wasn't giving up no money or they weren't getting any money. And uh, Andrea mentioned it um, a time or two. So you got the $500,000 that's been settled, but boy, you've got $4 million plus $3.5 million plus another 42000 plus who, who else knows? You know who else knows what's gonna come? You know who knows who's gonna what's gonna pop about the you know woodwork? You just don't know. And let me tell you something. R. Kelly got a whole lot of royalties coming to him. That man's hand was in everything. He's another baby face. And I mean in everything. He had his hands in every genre of music. Um, a lot of ghost writing, a lot of public writing, a lot of his own hits. So. He whether he spends the rest of his life in jail or not, he may die broke, broke. He may die broke from it being in his possession, but he ain't gonna die broke from royalty, you know. And whoever is out here looking for money, they may not get all of it, but cause it has to be spread, you know, across the table. But I tell you, he's gonna have to. A whole lot of money out because people know he got money coming. They, they are not gonna lay down on that one. What else are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about all week and last week about the shortage of bus drivers and and why people don't want to work and what people are actually doing with their job. Well, out in California. Oh, I'm sorry, Oklahoma. Mom had a scare of her life as the bus driver that was transporting her five-year-old son as well as, I think, her boyfriend's son um, or daughter who was um, also five years old. She went to the bus stop to pick them up only to find out when he opened up the door the children weren't on the bus and she was like well where are the kids and he was like uh he have an answer because he couldn't tell her where he had dropped the kids off well thank god for the other children on the bus who pay attention I tell you, kids will pay attention in a minute. You might think that all of them ain't playing. Well, the kids were able to tell her that he had actually dropped the babies off the stop before. So she drove back and was driving around and somehow or another ran into some people who had seen the baby and asked her was, was she looking for some kids. And she said yes, and come to find out that the little boy was pressing bells. He was going to different houses, 
ringing the bell and asking people, can you help me find my mommy? Now, I'm sorry. Talk about being fired. Here's why you need to be fired. Because I, the first thing that came to my mind was one thing. And there was another bus driver who confirmed it. These bus drivers are not allowed to discharge a child who is in the kindergarten or the first grade off without a parent being at the stop. So that's my question. When you let these two kids off the bus, you didn't see them go to anybody. What are you doing? You closed the door and pulled off like they were two high school students? Well, I hope he does not have a job. I really do. Because that's just enough. Enough is enough already. Enough. I don't care how much you are rushing behind time. I don't care how much you're not paying attention. You need to be paying attention to this kind of stuff. Because if anything had happened to those children, you would have had to live with that for the rest of your life. Because I'm going to tell you something. If they didn't lock you up, you would not be able to function properly. No. You're not going to tell me you would have been able to. Oh, all right. So fire him, fire him, fire him. Now, speaking of fire him, fire him, fire him, remember last week we spoke about 10-year-old who um, was caught urinating behind the car when his mama was on the inside of the um She was in the office with an attorney and left the child in the car, 10-year-old boy in the car with another person. We have not yet found out whether this person was another adult or older child or equal to the child. We don't know. Well, he got out to go to the bathroom, and he, instead of going inside, he was told there was no bathroom on the inside by the person he was with. So he went to the back of the car, urinated, and the, the, the cop that walked up on him um, said that he was going to let him go and just told the mother about it. But what happened was another uh, chief or somebody walked up with another set of cops and decided to, quote, unquote, jail him. So what they, they have this thing in action out in Mississippi. There's a rule that says if you catch a child doing something that would be illegal for an adult, they would give them a semi-punishment. And it would be to kind of teach them that, hey, this is not acceptable, and if you were an adult, this is what would happen. So they did not handcuff him, but they did take him and put him in the cell. So we talked last week as to whether we thought that that was drastic or not. Well, this week, they are saying that the cop who took the 10-year-old after he peed behind the mom's car, he does not have a job anymore. This, I'm telling you, now, let me tell you why I'm mad. So initially when we did the story, at first mama was like, okay, you know, little Quantavius did something wrong yesterday in Quantavius. He did something wrong. Then after a while, she started busting off with this, oh, that's not right, and it's going to traumatize him. 
blah, 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 blah. He's going to, you know, be scared of the cops. Good. Be scared of the cops because right now we need to be afraid of the police because we don't know who's who behind the uniform, okay? Well, I'm mad because come to find out mom was inside with an attorney because she wanted to get help enrolling her kids in a school because of housing displacement. So they had the nerve to put up a GoFundMe for this woman and her son to raise money for stable housing. And they raised like $1,000 so far. I'm sorry. Y'all could talk about past the steps of the day. God, take y'all breath. Heck no. Absolutely not. Nah. No, 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 and no. I, I wish I would put five sticks to this GoFundMe. No, no, no. First of all, let me tell you why. You don't know why she's been displaced. Now that I've seen her attitude behind her son's behavior, because whatever he did is her fault. If he whipped it out in public and peed and got caught, it is her fault. Because if you're sitting in an office, you didn't left your kid outside, you didn't tell him, you know what, here's where you can find me in case you got to go to a bathroom. It's everything about this whole situation says negligence on her part. I don't care what you say. It is her negligence. And now I'm beginning to think that, because we, they never said last week why she was in the office with this attorney. So now that it's come out that she was in there trying to enroll her kids in school because of a displacement, how do I know that your behavior didn't cause a displacement? I don't think so. You work that one out. I'm sorry. Yes, oh, kids might be involved. You know what? Sorry. No, I wouldn't put five cents into anything. She... No! No, no, no. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm I'm being passionate about this one. I wish I would. I wish I would. I wish I would. And then I wish I would again. All right? No. Let me find one more story that I'm not as passionate about today. Ah! Um, mm. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We talked about this story before um, and, and uh, with the guys. And this is another reason why I'm kind of bringing it up because ladies, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. They have found this guy in California. They are 41 who is going to court um, because he has allegedly connected with women, quote, unquote, in order to get close to their children. And how they found him was because he had done something to uh, a child and the child talked about it and they did some research, come to find out that it was several children who he had been accused of raping under the age of 15. They said it is really unclear as to how many he has actually gotten to. They say the abuse happened over the span of several years, and they've been after him for minutes. 
They had been looking for him for a minute. Um, they said it took more than two months before the officers were even granted an arrest warrant for this particular thing. And by that time, he had already fled the area. And they had no idea where he was living, that he was a trained yet. So they had to really do some digging and searching. But somehow or another, they did uh, find him. And they say he's facing 16 charges of child molestation, six counts of aggravated sexual assault of a minor, six counts of sexual acts with a child under the age of 10, and four counts of lewd and lascivious acts with a child under the age of 14. He is being held on $6 million bail. And I'm trying to figure out why he even got bail. I don't care if it was a $100 million. You shouldn't get no bail. You have just already said that you couldn't even find him. So guess what? He would be considered a flight risk. I don't care if you felt you set this high enough that he could not get it. But you have revoked people's bail because you felt that they were a flight risk. Well, clearly he is because you couldn't find him and you've been looking for him for the longest time and he's been migrating through families. So that already shows you that he's capable of being a flight risk. He may not flee the country, but the United States is, is large enough. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? It's time to talk to my men, my D-time crew, see what they got to say about all of this stuff. And, uh, again, let me thank you for joining me today. Yes, you heard Pastor Steph scream today because I am outraged, but I'm calm now. You know, every once in a while I get like that. Well, I don't think I've ever gotten like that before. But I want to say good morning to our brother Ainsley. Good morning, brother Ainsley. Hey, good morning, Pastor Seth. You, you re- are you really calm now? Are you really calm? <laughs> <laughs> you know me well enough to know that if I wasn't calm right now, I wouldn't be acting like this. Oh, my goodness. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All righty, brother. I'm glad to hear. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, mm-hmm. we're talking about Oklahoma um, uh, situation with this bus driver. And we've been talking for about two, three weeks about these bus drivers who have, um, there's been a shortage of bus drivers and the different things that have been going on. They've been dropped off. The kids have been dropped off as late as 10 o'clock at night um, because there's been such a shortage and all the ways they're going up to the bus drivers. When well, you have a bus driver where, you know, he drops the two kids off, you know, without any supervision when he lets them off the bus. So how do you even do this you can't tell the mother where the kids are dropped off. Should you still have a job is the question. Oh, hell no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry like that. <laughs> I disagree what you said. So I guess we're at the same level. I'm just, I'm just louder. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, first of all, I didn't hear about this, but I mean, kids getting home at ten o'clock at night—that's totally unacceptable, yes. man. I mean, where? I mean, 
I mean, I think even with like after school and stuff like that, ten o'clock they should be going to bed at that, be in bed by that time. So, well, I mean, I right. understand what the, the delay is. That's totally unacceptable. So, I mean, are they just hiring people? Are they just hiring well, me, people just to drive? So hold on. So here's the, here was the, here's what happened. When the school started, they did not have the normal amount of bus drivers. And because there were all these children that needed to be dropped off, they facilitated it. However, you had the few bus drivers taking these children home after school, and because it was so many with so few bus drivers, that's what happened. That's why they got home so late. And it's it, it okay. seems to be a problem abroad in the United States where they've got this serious bus driver shortage. Well, here you don't have the bus driver shortage per se, but here now you've got the issue of the bus driver dropping the children off without getting that proper supervision. Right, right. No, that no, that, that that's. I mean, to me, you know, it's just a simple enough job. You just gotta drive. We're driving kids. You picking them up, and young kids, and you picking them up and you dropping them off. It reminds me back in the day. I think it was issues um, where like the kids get on the bus in the morning. I think they will fall asleep on the bus, so. Right. So the bus driver, he just, they wasn't checking. So kids get off, right. there's some kids, there's maybe a kid in the back sleep. The bus driver, he go back, don't check. And then the child wake up, and he's in a um, uh, some kind of bus parking lot, you know, and stuff like that. He lost because nobody, nobody, <laughs> it ain't checked it. You know, it was something, something like that. It goes for um, just training. I mean, look, you know, you got 15, however kids get on the bus. 15, people, 15 kids got to go out, and when you're picking them up, each one got to be, you know, make sure each one is goes into the hands of an adult. Now, you're talking like, like you said, first grade and kindergarten? Come on now. You know, it's like yeah. treat, treat, treat them as if this was your child and stuff like that. Would you want your child just, you know, you just think of just like routine, I'll just get out the car like an adult. All right, whatever happens, happens. No. Mm-mm. No, 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 yeah. no. He ain't had no job. That that's that seems that's kind of like common sense, you know, um, etiquette. Come on now, nah, you gotta yeah. go or she gotta go. Whoever whoever it is. Yeah, it was a and I agree. They ain't no retraining. Gone, gone. <laughs> yeah. Ain't no retraining. I, I don't no. Believe that. <laughs> uh, uh, like you said, it's common sense. It's common sense, and, and it, it shouldn't take no rocket scientry to figure that one out. I agree. All right, we got this story in Mississippi, Brother Ames. You heard the breakdown of the story, and now they are collecting, you know, this money under this GoFundMe um, account so that the children, um, the she'll get some help with, finding more stable housing. Do you think there should be a GoFundMe for these women? You know, I'm, I was trying to understand the whole story, you know, so 
I mean, so she's she's already in. A, she's going to an attorney's office, trying to get um, help for for schooling. I'm I'm still trying to get yeah. the the full gist of it. Oh, oh, oh the whole okay. situation. All right. Let me tell you what. I, let me tell you really quickly again what happened. So she took her children. She drove her children to an appointment with an attorney, and she went in the office, left the kids in the car. Now we don't know whether she left. It was a ten-year-old boy in the car with another person. And it must have been a person that was slightly older than him. Um, it was not an okay. adult. I do know that. And what happened was he had to go to the bathroom. They don't say why she's inside this office or in this office building. Uh, except right, right. to meet with Anna. That's it. That's all they told us in the article. So when he mentioned mm-hmm. he has to go to the bathroom, she, the person in the car, told him that there was no bathroom inside where the mother was. So I guess out of habit, oh. you went behind the car and he urinated a, a mm-hmm. police officer on him and saw him and mm-hmm. I guess gave him a talk and um, decided not to give her a citation um, for what the little boy had done. While he had dismissed, now he he actually went inside and told the mother. He was going to tell the mother what happened. What happened was a, a police chief somehow or another ended up walking up on this with some other officers. And he decided he was going to follow the protocol. And the protocol is, in Mississippi, if a child is caught doing something that an adult would be punished for, they have their own kind of mini punishment. And the mini punishment would have been to, quote, unquote, fake arrest him and put him in jail. So what they did was they they told the mother about it. So when when the first guy told the mother about it, the first officer told the mother about it, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, you know, I understand, and, you know, okay, I, I get it, and, and she was with him. She was she was okay with it. But what ended up happening was they did not handcuff him, but they did take him to the local precinct, as we call it, and they put him in a cell. And then that's when she started going off. Oh, that's unfair. That's not right. Um, you know, now with this particular action, he's going to be traumatized um, with having any um, uh, 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 um, interaction with the cops, blah, blah, blah. She carried on. She carried on. So mm-hmm. now they're saying a week later that this officer, not the one who put him in the jail, the one who approached, he doesn't have a job. So that's the first problem that people are having. How did he not end up with a job? So to prove a point, he he ended up, he lost his job. But they said that they found out that the reason why she was in this attorney's office was because she was having housing, she had been displaced, her housing had been displaced. 
And so because of that, she needed to enroll the kids in that school zone. So what they did was they started a GoFundMe to help her find more stable housing. Mm, okay. Would you All contribute right. okay. to the GoFundMe? Uh, the funding is for the stable housing. Uh, okay. Um, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe. All right, because I I would need a little more information, like really, really why why you why why you there a little bit, right? Now, because I can see why. I can see why she being outraged. You know why you got to put a child ten years old in jail for something that okay, yeah, he wasn't supposed to do that, but it, it wasn't like I mean, what was he supposed to do? You, you know, when nature calls, you got to answer. You know what I'm saying? And I don't get that because if you're going to a lawyer's office and stuff like that. You know, like um, like most hotels you go to, you got your you got your lobby and there's there's a a, a bathroom that the visitors can use and stuff like that. So even if, you know, a party of three came in, but only one person got to see the attorney, the other two can wait outside in the lobby or the waiting area, and there's a restroom there. I mean, even most small law offices got that, you know. So, I mean, but you tell the kid there ain't no bathroom, what what he supposed to do? They mess on himself and stuff like that? And so I think the child is harmless. But you know, and then you know, he got to go to jail for that. I can see her being irate because of that. But now the whole housing thing, I would think I, I might be because you know you don't know what the situation is. Is it something because of something she did is why she's in that 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 situation? You know, um, I, I would I would tend to be without hearing anything like okay. Is she, you know, was she in public housing and allowing drug dealing to go into a place and they kind of kicked her out? So now she's trying to find um, some other place and stuff like that. Then I'd be like, no, nah, this is of your own doing. But without that, I, I would, I would, I would be a, a little empathetic. I'd be a little compassionate, and probably, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. No. All right, so let's see what your brother said. Let's see what your brother said. Thank you for joining us, Brother Avery. Let's see what Brother right. Al has to say. Good morning, Good morning yeah, Brother, brother Al. Al. <laughs> chop, chop of the morning. Chop, chop of the morning. Everything is everything. <laughs> I'm about to put in this lawsuit for R. Kelly. He owe me some money, too. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Brother Al. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to continue this conversation about this Mississippi mama. Now, you were part of the conversation last night. Brother Ainsley has joined the conversation and saying he does not feel as though the boy should have been um, jailed. Mama should have been outraged as well as he doesn't know whether he would give to the GoFundMe. So I'm asking you, would you, have, would you give to the GoFundMe? For her to get I wouldn't give. I wouldn't give her not one red cent. <laughs> not one. <laughs> nah, I'm listening. Why? Yeah, I, I love Why? I love brother Ainsley. Look, I, I love brother Ainsley. Brother Ainsley, you know I love you, but I'm going a whole different route. <laughs> um, 
All right. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's funny that we bought this because in my boys and men meeting, I speak to the young boys about this. See, what people with okay, I understand he's 10 years old, but he broke the law, regardless of the fact. So what happens is when we start putting change in the law, saying, okay, well, you know, he's 10 and he didn't know this and that, we're giving him the okay to say, you know what, it's okay, I'm young, so I can do this. I don't think they did nothing wrong. And and I think they were wrong for for firing the police officer. He did his job. Y'all the one put this law in, and his job is to uphold the law. So now you put this man in a predicament to say, wow, if I break the law, I go to jail. If I go by the law, I get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? So, you 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 know, it, it's crazy. And I, I tell people that you cannot change the law because of certain circumstances. The law is the law. They said if if a child goes out here and do a crime that an adult would go to jail for, that they're going to, you know, teach them, hey, listen, this is what's going to happen if you do this. So I didn't see nothing wrong with that at all. I think the mom is a scammer, you know, and it's her fault. You went into a law office, so the law office said no children allowed. You left the kids in the car. Take them in the office with you. Yeah, true. She won't get a dime. Not one dime. Not one. <laughs> All right, Brother Al. Thank you so much. Let's see what Pastor K.L. has got to say about this here. Good morning, Pastor Hey, look, they got me hyped up like you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How, how are you? I'm hyped up like Pastor Seth. Let's get it. I'm good. Pastor KL. How are you? Sounding all kind of. Listen, this ain't no love show. Listen, let's go. What's going on over there? How you doing? I don't know. I'm scared. I'm scared. The lynch mob is out. I'm scared. I don't, uh, listen. I I I don't even I don't even want to pee right now. <laughs> In the house right now. You understand the situation. Um, do you think the cops should have lost his job? And would you contribute to this? Um, GoFundMe account to get this um, uh, 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 woman help to find a stable house. Well, I, I'm, I'm a little confused on the cop that lost his job. Is it the cop who gave the, the mother the warning and not facilitated the loss? Yeah, that's what it looks like. What's going on in the background? Yeah, yeah. Right, that's not me, brother. That's not me, brother. Somebody, somebody's peeing in the bushes. They're peeing oh in the bushes. Goodness. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, okay. So, again, it appears as though it was the guy who initially approached the the little boy. So they say he lost his job. That's the way it looks. That's the way it looks. Maybe we'll find out something different, yeah. but that's the way it looks. But you know what? For this, for, okay, let's let's put it like this. Should anyone? have lost their job. Let's put it like that. I don't I don't think, you know, like I said last week, I don't think it was that serious, you know, for anyone to have lost their job. I don't, you know, as I said last last week, I didn't think it was that serious for him to be put in, in, in the police car and, and in jail, you know, in a cell. You know, I, I thought a warning was granted 
You know what I mean? I, I thought, I thought, you know, as we said last week, that this is just something that we as little boys were told that it was okay to do. So I, I think at that point, everybody in the situation should have been educated and we should have moved on from that. All right. So are, are you, um, would you give toward this um, GoFundMe? No, I'm not funding nobody. I, I can't fund me. You know, I mean, I, I've seen people, you know, want, want to do fish fries and all type of stuff for funerals. I, I, I don't eat fish. You know, I'm, I'm not doing all that stuff. Get a, get a, uh, get some insurance or something. Uh-uh. No, I'm not funding nobody. No. So you're not funding because you don't fund anybody or because of the situation? Well, both. I mean... Okay, so if if she got that irate, you know, it a lot of times your true colors come out. You know, so if you got that irate, then then you could be one of those, you know, one of those people that get irate about anything. I'm not helping you if you have that attitude. You got, you know, all that other stuff. You know, you 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 can be, you know, horrible person. I mean, because if if it takes, you know, Shantice did one with. With triggers, if 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 that's one of your triggers, that at any point at any time something can trigger you off. So now I know why you homeless. You understand what I'm saying? I, I know you know this, this this gives me ideas on why you're in the situation that you're in. You know, people don't just throw you out. You know, they, they people are compassionate. They give you chances and stuff like that. But I I can see you getting getting fly. You know, about somebody else's house or somebody else's apartment. No, you need to go have two seats. One for you and one for your child. <laughs> okay, okay. So, and go pee you know, outside. To, 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 <laughs> to wrap this up, um, it, it, it has a lot to do with, you know, who she is. And should she have gotten irate? Absolutely not. And I said this last week. How you get mad over your negligence? That he whipped it out and was being punished at all is not his fault. You know, I I, I, I I clearly get what happened with him. Am I mad? Absolutely. I'm mad at mom. I'm not mad at him. And that's what came out last week. You know, you went into this office, and your responsibility was to facilitate the needs of your child. So when you didn't do that, and now he ends up behind the law, now that's your fault. So now you're all in up in arms over the fact that you were negligent. So I go, that's why I said I wouldn't give nothing for her because that was, I mean, and it could be something completely different. But because all the she's not gonna lay out her information and what truly happened um, to the people who give to this GoFundMe, and I wouldn't want you to. So based on where we are, based on what I've seen, you know they didn't come pull your son out of the office and now uh, 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 approach him. No, it was your negligence. So it might have been your negligence that got you housing this place. So guess what? You will have to work this one out. You will not get a penny, Stephanie. You won't get a penny from Stephanie just because you left the kids in the car without having to go with a place to go to the bathroom. 
No, you get nothing from me. Clearly, you are a negligent mama. Now, Carol, have we all been negligent? Absolutely. Every last one of us can, can, can be blamed for some level of negligence. But I'm sorry. But however our negligence is dealt with, it's dealt with. But it's not going to be rewarded. And that's the, way I, that's the way I feel. This GoFundMe is baseless. It's baseless on me, you asking people for money. And I'm not saying she did. This is say she started it. This is someone else started it. And how do I know it ain't your people that started it? See, this is just too, too, too many holes here. So guess what? You're going to work that out. Go back to the attorney's office and work on them giving you some housing help. You already had an attorney's office. He can do it all. If not, he can tell you about somebody who can. So you know what? It's on you. It's straight on you. All righty. Well, thank you for indulging me in our news. I got my who knew this morning. And my who knew is is a little segment that I started a couple of months ago, a few months ago, where I talk about um, a particular well-known person and a piece of information that we didn't know about. And now, you know, we, we are being advised of it. And it's like, wow, okay. So, I read this one this morning, and I was like, oh, no, i got to give it to my guys and let them, because I have my own thoughts. So we're, we're going to share this story this morning. Well, who knew is about Rosie Perez? Now, Ms. Rosie Perez, everybody knows Rosie Perez. If you saw Do the Right Thing, remember in the beginning, she had on a little boxing gear, and she was dancing, fight the power. You know, you got to fight the power. She's an ex Soul Train dancer. She was actually the one who taught Bobby Brown how to dance. She choreographed his videos, um, Every Little Step, and um, My Prerogative. That was her doing. Um, everybody knows her from um, what's the basketball um, thing with Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. Um, so. And she's always talking with that high Puerto Rican, you know, as they call it, um, twang. Okay. Um, and so you know who Rosie Perez is. Well, they say that Rosie Perez felt violated in the movie Do the Right Thing when she was filming. Now, here's the deal. Back in 1989... She got her breakthrough um, as a little, um, you know, activist. When she did the dance routine in the beginning of the movie that we just definitely talking about, and when she and Spike Lee did the intimate scene where he was dropping the ice cubes on her breast. Remember, the, the, the scene and the situation was it was really, really hot that particular day. He goes, she has a child by him, remember, and she goes to the, or for those of you who saw it, she, he goes to the apartment where she is with her mama and his baby, her family, and they have sex, and he runs this ice down her chest, down her breast, so forth and so on. Well, she said, that the reason why when they filmed this, 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 this scene that you didn't see her face 
was because she was crying. She said when she, right in the middle of the scene is when she began to question whether this acting thing was really for her or not. She was really uncomfortable, and it says that's when Rosie began to question whether or not she felt comfortable standing behind her work 100%, and apparently she does not. Now, they have a quote. My first experience with doing new scenes was do the right thing, and I had a big problem with it, mainly because I was afraid of what my family would think. That's what was really bothering me. It wasn't really about taking off my clothes, but I also didn't feel good about it because the atmosphere wasn't correct. Spike Lee puts ice cubes on my nipples. The reason you don't see my head is because I'm crying. I was like, I don't want to do this. I felt like Irene Cara insane, and she's referring to when Irene Cara goes for the fake audition insane. It was like, wait a minute, I feel so wimpy. This is not who I am. So that was my first experience, and it was horrible. But when I went and took my clothes off again, for white men can't jump, but that was because it was totally my decision. I felt totally comfortable. The director was so cool, and Woody Thompson was like, well, whatever, you want is cool with me. So there I felt empowered by it. But with do the right thing, it was like, now I'm the object. Here's the shot. And the reason why I cried was not so much because I felt violated as because I was angry at myself because I wanted to say, say something, get up. So that's how I felt violated. I felt like I violated myself. So they also go on to tell when she did the interview with Daily News, she said that um, she fought over the naked scene and later charged him, likely, with exploiting her. She actually had her brother-in-law, who was a drug dealer, come with her to the meeting with a machete in hand to negotiate that there would be no $8 sign, dollar sign crap and nothing close to the vagina. Now, there's some thoughts that went through my head, and I'm going to leave it up to you gentlemen to give me your brother Al. What, what's your thoughts on this here? Man, that's, that's rough. You know, um, I'm listening to it, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm picturing that scene where, you know, he's putting the ice cube on it, and she's sitting there crying. So I'm looking at it like, so y'all had no passion. Y'all didn't say cut or nothing. Y'all just said, all right, keep filming. Like, that, that's crazy to me. And, and again, like she said, that was her first time. And then she stopped feeling a little bit more comfortable, you know, when she did other ones. But, you know, those love scenes are hard. I, I always look and I be like, yo, how do they do those scenes? And I always say, man, me acting, like, please don't call me to do another thing because I know it's awkward. You know, so um, I don't think she should be suing them because you decided to keep going on. You know, like, okay, you did the scene, you feel uncomfortable, why you didn't stop it? You know, you went on through it and everything. So her suing or trying to do that, I, I, I don't, I ain't too keen on that one because you had the ability to say, okay, stop. 
I don't feel comfortable doing it. And she did. She made a choice. But I know those scenes are rough. All righty. All righty. Pastor KL, what's your thought? Well, you know, hold on. Am I, can y'all hear me on my music? Oh, yeah, y'all can hear me. Okay. No. I, I think I yeah, all, 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 of, all of us here, you know, are in the arts. Um, and and that that's you know that's part of the game, you know. What I'm saying, I mean, it's you, you can it, in the beginning you you can make uh, your decision on, on what you will and will not do, you know. But when you don't make your your calling an election, sure, you know you you in for the long haul. Now, when you get to that to that place and you and you feel uncomfortable, at that point you should say, hey, no, you know. I can't do this. Can we revise it? Can can revise it where it looks like it, but it's not really that way. I mean, how many fake kisses do, do we do in the arts where you really think they're kissing, but they're really not kissing? You know, so at some point as the artist, you know, you should be able to say, listen, you know, I, I want to be in your movie, but this is just something I'm not comfortable with. This is not something I'm going to do. Once you, once you keep going, how dare you sue me now? It's like, okay, we go order a steak. And you eat the entire steak, but then you tell the waiter, I don't like it, so I don't want to pay for it. You ate it already, but now you mad? Yeah, there's a problem. Okay. All right, Brother Angley, what say you? Yeah, like Brother KL said, like, you know, we all have been involved in the arts and stuff like that, right? Whether film, stage, you know, whatever. But my thing, I mean, I sympathize with her, but listen, you read the script beforehand. You knew what was, to me, she knew what was about to happen. You know, maybe she needed to see exactly how it was going to be staged on, you know, in front of the camera and stuff like that. But you knew the script, and you see what was going on, and you accepted the role. So you knew this was about to, what to go down. I don't know, maybe she was, I don't know how young she was at the time or an experience with this. But like Kayla said, you agreed upon it and stuff like that. And at a certain point in time, you know, it may be, um, it may be, you know, okay, she ain't feel empowered to say stop at the time. But you could do something where they got to stop. You know, you just get out the bed. Nah, I don't feel comfortable with this. Well, it got to stop. You know what I'm saying? So she had there was she had options. I believe she had options. I can't recall the scene on the top of my head right now. I seen the movie, it was a long time ago, but I can't recall it right now. But still, you know, you had moments to to get other options she could have could have could employ. You know, and and I can't and I really can't see you really crying and boohooing and and while they and they can continue on. You know what I'm saying? I, I just can't see that. It's just you know, I just can't see it, you know. And then on top of that, then now you're going to now you get the drug dealer to try to uh, manhandle Spike Lee for not using the scene or part of the scene, what the case may be. Oh come on, that, that's that's even amping it up even wrong, you know. So I sympathize. She didn't feel comfortable with it, but this is the game. Like this is what you this what you know this was coming on. I can see if they just added the scene and say, oh listen, I know this wasn't a part of the script, but we want to add this scene and we want you to do this. This uh this lovemaking scene or the sex scene and when I can see where you object you know I can see that but you know about this was coming from the beginning 
You know, so come on, don't you know, quite after later. No, 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 no. Sorry you didn't like it. Well, now now you feel more empowered. Okay, cool, great. Let's move on. All right, okay. I want to reread this here. It says she told in her in her um what do you call that thing interview with the Daily News. She wrote a some memoir, handbook for an unpredictable life. She says that her brother-in-law, she fought Lee over the naked scene and later charged him with exploiting her. She actually had her brother-in-law, a drug dealer, who came to the meeting with a machete in hand, negotiate that there would be no crap, nothing close to the vagina. Somebody needs to help me with, you took the drug dealer with a machete in in his hand to the meeting to ensure that certain things would not be done in this moment. But after you went for this and went through this scene, you were exploited. Now I'll go back to you, Brother Al, who says that when, because I've been on the other side of the camera, I've been on the other side of the word cut and action. If there was an agreement made, machete and all, to the fact that you were going to do this scene, and we made sure that the scene didn't go too far, should the director, and I'm I'm, going to take it away from you, Brother Al, for a minute. I'm going to take it away from you for a minute. Should the director have pulled cut considering that her face was not in the shot and this was an agreement. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start with you, um, Brother brother Ainsley. Oh, so they had this meeting before, before the... Um, yes. Before the... Before, yes, that's before why the, the, before. That's okay. why I reread it. Because this took place at the meeting... Before the movie to ensure, so clearly what must have happened was there was a discussion of a sex scene. In the script was was a description of a sex scene. And clearly she had her quote-unquote limitations. So to ensure that she was not railroaded into doing anything that she wasn't happy with, she took her machete-wielding brother-in-law, to the meeting to scare Spike Lee into negotiating that there would be no $8 sign, dollar sign crack showing 
and nothing close to the vagina. So Brother Al says, well, listen, when the scene was going on and they saw her crying, nobody yelled cut. So my question to the two of you, based on what we, what we, what we have as, you know, what she said happened, was the director, in your opinion, responsible or should have been held negligent for not yelling cut? I say he could be responsible but not negligent. Because all right, because all right, we have all this agreement. You don't you don't come and threaten me about how this thing gonna go in my movie. What you and not you what you are and not gonna do. All right, so I agree to that and I abide by that and while we in the midst of doing this, now you now you got some other kind of uh, objections on whatnot. That, to me that almost furthers my point. Because all right, if he didn't, if he didn't violate the agreements of what you know what they talked about, you know what you're not going to show and stuff like that, then what I gotta say cut for? We don't agree to. But if I didn't violate this now, if anything, she is violating the terms and whatnot. Now we didn't have this all big discussion. You don't threaten me, blah blah blah. Okay, here it is. We got here's a moment of truth. We're going to do this and whatnot. So now. Could he have say cut? Yeah. But is he wrong for not? I, I see, you know, listen, come on now. That kind of further the point to me. Okay. All righty. Pastor KL, what say you? Should the director have yelled cut and was he negligent in not yelling cut? I, I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. Being being all these terms you don't you don't got this guy to come bully ball me, you know, and, and tell me in my particular uh, script what I can do and what I can't do. And then because I still want this actress, I, I abide by it, you know, out of fear or out of me really wanting her. And when she gets to this point, she's still in, in uproar. That's on her. I, I, I went through everything that, that you threatened me to go through. So, you know, like, like Brother Angie said, if, if anybody, you know, um, breached, it was her. So so I, I don't understand how you think you could sue when, when you know, we, we dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, so to speak. Okay. Brother Al, so now that I'm, and I'm not asking you that you should change your mind. I'm just asking now that. I've reread this, this portion of the um, article that she said. Do you feel that he had an obligation to um, yell cut and he was negligent? <laughs> it's so funny as I've listened to the whole thing that she bought the, the drug dealer guy. You might have bought some night with you. Hey, you doing some you doing some bullies so you should have bought some night. <laughs> But <laughs> um, I'm, I'm still, you know, it's it's so much. A couple of things, like if I, if I'm doing a movie, and you come down, we so obviously, obviously you read about the sex scene, and you said, okay, I'm going to do it under these circumstances, and you brought somebody down with a machete, 
I probably wouldn't even let you be in my movie. You know, I'm sorry. I, I, I might have to cast somebody else, number one. But I do, I still stick with what I said. I still think, regardless of the fact, you see this woman laying here crying and uncomfortable, I'm going to, um, I'm going to call cut. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to call cut. And I think he was, he was negligent. He should have called cut. Because what would have been running through my mind, man, if I don't call cut, he's crying, there's going to be some repercussions behind this. There are going to be some lawyers involved. I don't want to be a part of that. So I still stick to my story of I think he should have called cut. All right. All right. Well, I, I'm just, you know, how we like to do here on the due time with Pastor Steph. You know, what do you, I, I ask for some advice from um, some of you, I mean, from you, you know, you guys, as to, you know, if a woman finds herself, you know, in this predicament, what would you advise her to do? I'll start with you, Brother Al. <clears throat> well, again, I, I, my, my my thing is to set standards. I learned that a long time ago as you be an actor or an actress, to set a standard and stick by it. You know, um, just real quick, there was, um, if we saw the movie Monsters, uh, what was it, Monsters Ball with Ali Barry in it, a lot of people don't understand that the first role was given to Angela Bassett. And when Angela Bassett read the script, she's like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. And that was it. And then Halle Berry took the role. So a lot of people don't know that. So it sets a standard on what you will do and what you will not do. But if you're in that predicament, I, I would advise you to say, I would yell cut. I know, hold on, stop. I, I ain't comfortable. They're going to have to stop instead of going on with it and then, you know, and then uh, want to try to sue people because then it's still going to look bad on you because that's the one that they judge going to ask you or the other attorney going to ask you. If you felt so uncomfortable, why didn't you stop? So now you put yourself in a whole different realm. So I would say set standards and then make your decision from there. All right. Thank you very much, Brother Al. Uh, Brother Ainsley, what would be your advice to someone in, because it doesn't necessarily have to be a female, but, you know, what would be your advice to someone who finds themselves in this situation? Well, I kind of agree with Brother Al, because, um, like, in certain scenes, like, I've known, I can't recall the, the actor, uh, the actress and whatnot, but they were like, okay, besides knowing what the scene is about, but, like, how many people are going to be on set? you got to have 100 people out here watching me do this. Or I think, um, and then what I actually said, all, all they really needed was the cameraman, maybe two, two, two or three people. That's it. You know, what, so whatever is, you think is going to take for you to, do, for, you, for you to be comfortable in doing this, that's your standard. If you're going to do it in the first place, right? Like, you know, like, like, like but I said, like, on Angela Batch, you said no. There's a, I know there's a lot of other movies. People said, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, I recall an interview. Um, what's her name? Gabrielle Union. Um, she talked about how she felt bad. Kind of like on the same thing. I think a movie she did with DMX back in the day. I can't recall the name of the movie. You know, um, she revealed herself somewhat. And she felt bad later because her family said she would never do that again. You know, but it comes to you like setting your own standards. You know, something, you, you know... Um, 
you make make sure that it's agreed upon that I you know you if you're going to do it this is this is the situation I need to be able to be in to be able to pull this thing off and if in the moment it comes you feel uncomfortable you got you say cut stop you know sometimes they don't they don't have to be the director say stop you can just do things like uh you, they got to stop you know what I'm saying so if you feel uncomfortable. Stop! You gotta, you, you gotta get up, move away out the scene. It gotta stop, you know. So, um, you know, so that way you can further traumatize yourself. But you know, you do what you gotta do for you. Yep. All right, all right, all right, brother Adrian. Pastor Kaya, what advice would you have for anyone who finds themselves in this situation? Well, let me let me go a different route. First of all, I um, I definitely agree with, with my brother, but but let me go this side. It says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, anytime you you apply for a job or anytime you go for a job, you know the the bottom line is that you want to get paid because we need money to do certain things. But when you find yourself in a in in going for a, a audition and you know, a lot of times, you know, yeah, we read the script, but but we hear how much they gonna pay us, and 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 all money is not good money, and and sometimes the money, the number of the money can cloud who you are, cloud your your judgment, you know, and and make you fall for some things, you know, that 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 you really shouldn't fall for, you know, you you have to be very 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 precise. And as, as the brothers say, um, on what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. And then, and then I, I would ask myself, you know, forget about, forget about the movie right now, but if anything you do, say, you know, would God be pleased with what I'm doing? Is, is this something that is pleasing to God? You know, what was that scene? Would it have been pleasing to God? And, and if you're connected to the Father, then you would have known from the beginning to walk away from it. You know, because anytime there, there's, there's a door open doesn't mean that that's the door you should walk through. You know, sometimes the enemy will, will entrap you in doors and, and it will look look like, you, you know what I mean, that that's the door for you to walk through. You know, when, when the Hebrew boys got caught up in, 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 in the fire, they said, yeah, I, I, we threw in three, but it looks like. You know, so some, sometimes God, well, not sometimes, God is always there with you. So if you allow God to help you make these decisions, then we wouldn't fall for some of the things we fall for. All right, all right, all right. Amen. You gentlemen have given some real sound advice, and I thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. Oh, you do as well. You got it, Pastor Staff. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. All right. All right. Let's get that benediction going. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. All right. I'm going to give you Pastor Steph's thoughts on this entire situation and, and 
something that came to my mind last night and even after listening to you gentlemen speak today. As I was reading, I was in, I was immediately annoyed. Every ounce of this was optional. Every iota of this was optional. As I further read and I got that, because it was an entirely different, separate headline. Her brother brought Machete to meet with Spike. Question mark. And I read that part, and, and, and pretty much that's where the article ended. Here's my story, and, and Pastor Teo kind of touched on it. Your mind was on the phone. Pastor Teo used the money. My thought was fame. Your mind was on how am I going to get to where I want to go? This, if you remember, this was her very first first um, acting gig. And the, 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 the script was presented to her. So the, the script said that she would open up with this dancing scene, which is what she was known for. And it doesn't say how, you know, she ended up being offered the acting part or whether which way she was offered it, whether it was the dancing first or the acting part first. But she was known as a dancer because, again, she comes from Soul Train. She's a veteran of Soul Train dancers. So she was a dancer. So you got this. It says, um, when Rosie became the one of the breakthrough stars in the film, two dynamic scenes helped solidify her spot. Her impressive dancing in the opening credits of Spike Lee's joint and the unforgettable intimate scene where Mookie drips ice cubes over her bare breast on a hot or summer New York day. When you read the script, you were okay with the dancing. But there was something about the sex scene that you were not particularly fond of. And you probably heard that there were, you know, because remember, Spike Lee was new. He was pretty much new at this point. He was not, that was one of his early movies, and he was not really well known. So you didn't know what kind of person he was, that he would have maybe forced you or, or, or you know, um, cornered you or threatened you. You know, so you, you know, you took your brother to the meeting. Before you agreed what you would do, you took your brother to the meeting, uh, brother-in-law, so he could solidify. You know, he walked up in there with machete in hand. He could solidify what you were going to do and what you were not going to do. So you made it known what you were going to do. There would be no $8 sign, dollar sign crack. And there would be nothing shown near the vagina. Those were your specifications. Those were your mandates. Now you get to the the, 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 the filming portion of this. Now Mookie is dripping ice cubes down, and she said when the uh, uh, the ice the cold water whatever touched her breast, she's now crying. Now I'm gonna tell you something. As a person behind the Behind the camera, I don't know why you cry. I don't. I don't. And I'm a female. I don't know why you're crying. Now, the first thing 
as a female, I would think is that you are uncomfortable. I'm like, yo, what's going on with her? However, if I were a man, I might think something else. If I were a certain female, I would think something else. I would think maybe you, you, you are hot. So, you know, maybe you, maybe, you know, let me tell you something about actors. They add a lot to blow up the scene. So how do I know that you're not crying? Just in case the, the camera meets your face, despite the fact that you have already, you must have known that they said that the camera would not meet your face. But just in case it meets my face, you know, that they, they would see the tears. So now this looks more passionate. I don't have any idea what you're bringing to the table. Would I stop? I probably would. Am I obligated to stop? No, I'm not. I'm not obligated to stop. Why? Because you've already set your terms. We've, you have already brought your terms to the table. Now, I'm with Brother Al. Because the first thing I read last night, I was like, oh, you wouldn't have to worry about being in my movie. I don't care how well you danced at all. It wouldn't have mattered. Once you felt it was necessary to bring your drug dealer, brother-in-law, friend, neighbor, whoever it was, to the meeting, that automatically severed my ties with you. There were too many other actors and actresses, however they want to call themselves out there, that were known or not known. Remember, Holly Berry had her first uh, movie. She did her first movie with Spike Lee in Jungle Fever. That was her very first movie. So he was known for getting the unknown. So for him to choose someone else, he could have. Now, why he stuck with her after that, I don't know. Maybe he figured, oh, well, she must be all that and she bringing this to the table. For me, it would have worked in the very opposite. You would have turned me off so bad. I was like, you know what? You ain't got to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. Being that there's nothing signed, it's okay. Thank you so much for your time. We'll move on. And if I waited till you got home, whatever situation is, because they do it all kinds of ways. Sometimes they do it in your face. Sometimes they do it after you leave. But you would have been back on my set. I know that much. You would have never hit my set. But just in case you would have, for whatever the reason was, you all have already set your terms. I would not have stopped the camera because I was obligated. I probably would have stopped because I was trying to figure out, okay, this, this, this. I would pull this to the side. Okay, help me out, help me out, help me out. Is this part of the, are you uncomfortable? What's going on with you? And anybody that knows me knows that was from that would be a move that I would make. All three of these men have worked with me. So I, I don't have a problem with pulling you to the side and asking you a couple questions. And that's what I would have done. I am annoyed. And I'm going to be very honest with you. As a woman and in this industry, I'm quite annoyed that you are now putting out that Spike Lee violated you. I think that was an insult. I think, if anything, he needs to be uh, uh, given some props for you dealing with your behind. You were a big, fat nobody. And for you to come out talking about you felt violated um, after what he did, um, how dare you? How dare you? You are an adult. And all of this is should Open up your mouth and say no. And I agree with all three of the men. Let me tell you something. Anything cuts a tape. Tape number 15, tape, uh, scene 5, tape 23, anything stops the tape. If you sneeze, and it wasn't a sneeze in the in the scene, 
touch this, touch this table. Anything touch this table. If you flip right, you should be turning left. If you if you break character, anything can change and make somebody stop the scene. You stop the scene, director stops the scene, somebody else who ain't got a line stops the scene, somebody drops something in the background, it stops the scene. If you felt that uncomfortable, open up your mouth. How dare you uh, accuse anyone of violating you when you had every option to say no thank you? And I think that this is an insult to the industry. I think this is an insult to filmmakers. I think it's an insult to directors. I think it's an insult to actors. I think it's just an insult across the board. Now that you got fame and fortune, you are now going to compare it to do the right thing. Not do the right thing, I'm sorry. White men can't jump on when I was in the movie with Woody Harrelson. You know, he told me anything goes, you know. Yeah, because you didn't bring your your machete-wielding brother-in-law to that set. No, you didn't do that with them because you knew. Whoever was running white men can't jump was not going to deal with your garbage. So you wasn't going to try that with them. But you tried it with Spike. And let me tell you something. As an African-American woman, oh, you would have known a different side of Stephanie. Because you would have never been on that set. Period. So, you know, when I when I read this last night and, and you know, as listening to the guys, and I was like, okay, let me do these just to say, and I do that from time to time. Just when I don't think everybody is caught this thing in, that's why I said, let me do these Because I caught it as soon as I read it last night. You know, you brought this whole situation to the meeting. This was all something that you had up in your mind that you were not going to do, and I respect that 100%. Not to bring in the machete woman person, but because she was from the street. So you know what street does street. So I wasn't surprised when she said she bought the machete wheels and brother anymore. She bought a retail, she's from the street, they will machete, we're gonna do what we do, we're gonna take this to the street. We're gonna let him know where we come from. Nothing. However, there's gonna be certain people that deal with it and there's gonna be certain people that don't deal with it. So you knew that the people from White Men Can Jump was not going to deal with your garbage. I don't see, I don't want to hear nothing about you were more seasoned at the time and it was a, you know, it, it was a different set. Of course it's a different set. It's going to be a different set because you graduate, you graduate as you go along. So ladies, men, but especially ladies, let's do the right. Let's let's really do the right thing. Let's represent problems. You know, how fair is it for us to push the limit, push past what we say we're not a part of, we don't want to be a part of, and we go through it anyway, and then we not blame and put it on someone else. Now, Spike, we got money. You got money. Everybody doing what they do. You know, to, to look back and to match him based on something that you did, I don't think it was professional at all. You did it. It happened. Get over it. Bye. You know what? Take that one, put it in your pocket as extremely, and move on. That's the Carol brought up. 
um, you know, the issue of, you know, the, the spiritual side. And, you know, I'm going to close with that today. They all got me there. It's where I'm going. And when you got to do certain things for money, that falls under the banner of ill-gotten goods. If you got to take off your clothes and let me pour some or, or, or spill some hot, I want some cold ice down your nipples, that is ill-gotten goods. I don't care how much you call it creativity, craft, um, art. It is ill-gotten good according to the Lord. So if you go in that route, go that route. Pastor Sayel says, hey, the, the, the love of money, and that's where this falls. Your ill-gotten gain, that money, that's ill-gotten gain, that pain, ill-gotten gain. That's where you're going. So when you step into that arena of ill-gotten gain, whether it's money, accolades, fame, whatever it is, guess what? You're opening the door to anything goes. God, it's the love of money. It's the love of fame. It's that I'm going to go after fame. Brother Al talks about um, Angela Bassett. She said, I'm already famous or I'm trying to get there. I'm not compromising. Well, guess what, um, Rosie? You could have done the same thing. Guess what, my sister, my brother, you can do the same thing. Don't let fame, fortune, money, or anything cloud your judgment so that you make decisions today that you will regret tomorrow. Think it through. God will always give you an opportunity to think it through. If somebody is pressing you for time and does, they don't want to give you um, an opportunity to you know, think it over, then that ain't for you. Anybody who presses you for an answer, it ain't for you. Give it to God and see what God has to say about it. Then you make your move. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off. And I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to give your life to the Lord right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your life in the Lord right now. Because later is not promised to any of us. Before we go, I do want to announce that, you know, we had uh, two very dedicated listeners, um, and the bell has rung for um, who we lovingly know as Auntie Brenda. Um, She passed away yesterday, so we will no longer get her support, but she loved It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. She loved the Due Time crew, and... um, Please keep the family lifted in prayer, as this is a blow. It was a matriarch to this family. Until Monday, God spares, I love you. I don't know if the changes of that were quite as, you know, 